Hello and welcome to episode number 98 of AV's Ripping Wax Packs podcast coming to you from Searcy, Arkansas. I'm your host, Aaron Vaughn. This is the show where we rip open a random wax pack every week and discuss that year and brand a card along with the players in the pack that we open. Along the way, we'll shout out some of your comments as listeners, sometimes discuss nostalgic stories about cards or players that come to mind, spread the pure joy that's ripping open wax packs. We also have a segment called Kurt Facts where my brother Curtis researches some of the players from the past episode that we pulled and tells us about them. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Google Podcasts. New episodes drop every Thursday. Uh, this past week, we did something kind of cool at our um, school, Harding Academy in Searcy, Arkansas. We have a week called Cats Week where we let the kids choose from all these different um, uh, classes that aren't like school classes that we start after the new year. Um, it's actually just like on two different days, we'll do a serve three different days. We do a service project with our Bible class where we go out to the community and help them. And then we have two other days where they choose these classes. And my class was a podcasting and sports card class. And my wife did a, a reupholstery class. So it was pretty cool. There's all different things like cupcake wars and they do um, uh, firearms, things like that. Just so many different things that kids can cho- choose from. That, those were just a few. Um, and I had some kids that came to my house and we talked about sports cards and firearms. So um, I'm going to have a little clip of uh, one of my kids, Joseph Miles, that I have in class. Um, he just uh, wanted to talk in the microphone. Actually, I asked him to and uh, said a little bit about AV's Dripping Wax Pack. So it's a short clip. And then there's a little section uh, of the kids opening cards and then a little section of them trading cards on the bus that I was driving from my house back to the school. So it was just so cool to hear the um, them going a little bit crazy over trading cards. So um, we op- I gave them each a football or a, ba- a baseball pack and then one basketball pack and let them look at them, look them up on eBay and see how much they were worth and talked about investing cards and stuff like that. And then they got to trade if they wanted to. So you'll hear that in the episode along the way. Um, I just wanted to get those on there and I wanted to tell you a little bit about it. Um, so that's kind of the uh, introduction to this episode. We'll be talking about 2007 Tops uh, baseball cards here. We have a, uh, a Series 1 pack, I believe, and uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, you'll hear that somewhere along the way in the episode. I'm just putting it together, so um, not sure how that's going to turn out right this second. Um, but we're going to hear Kurt Facts first. Then we'll hear uh, the 2007 tops description, and along the way you'll hear those kids in the episode. Remember, our Twitter handle is at Ripping Wax Packs, and our email is rippingwaxpacks at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is Ripping Wax Packs, and on YouTube, just type in AV's Ripping Wax Packs to see the part of the podcast. We rip open the pack from the podcast, and we're always looking to promote veterans charity, so contact us and let us know if you want to help veterans and their families in any way that you can, because um, that is near and dear to our hearts. Uh, we also have a, another podcast called CVs Tend to Check Out. It's a music podcast. So listen to that. It comes out once a month. And let us know what you think about that and comment in um, as you're listening to that one as well. Um, so right now we'll get to our Kurt Facts. All right, everybody. Here's your Kurt Facts for this week. Uh, Tris Speaker is the special throwback player, nicknamed the Gray Eagle. He was a Hall of Fame center fielder who played 21-plus major league seasons, most notably for the Boston Red Sox and the Cleveland Indians. He was such an outstanding fielder that players named his glove the place where triples go to die. 
He was so fast that he would stand very close behind second base to act as a fifth infielder, but was still able to catch balls hit to center field. In fact, it was not uncommon for him to catch low-line drives and beat the runner to second base for unassisted double plays. From a defensive stats perspective, he holds career records for assists, double plays, and unassisted double plays for an outfielder. He will always hold a special place in my heart because, as a player manager, he led my Cleveland Indians to their first World Series championship in 1920, and in nine of his 11 seasons in Cleveland, his batting average topped 350. As Cleveland's manager, he became the first to utilize the platoon system. That's where you use uh, two different players for the same position, depending on the pitcher that's being used, whether they're right-handed or left-handed. Something I found amazing was that Speaker was originally right-handed, but he fell from a horse when he was young, breaking his right arm, which forced him to learn how to throw left-handed, and he also became a left-handed batter as well. He was the first major leaguer to have 50 doubles and 50 steals in the same season. He was a three-time World Series champion who won the AL MVP in 1912 and compiled stats of a 345 batting average, which is sixth all-time, 1,882 runs, which is 13th all-time, 3,514 hits, which is fifth all-time, 752 doubles, which is first all-time, 222 triples, which is sixth all-time, 117 homers, which is not on the all-time list, but this was the dead ball era, so that actually was a lot of homers for the dead ball era. 1,531 ribbies, which is 51st all-time, 5,101 total bases, which is 19th all-time, and 436 steals, which is 57th all-time. Amazing stats, especially for the fact that he played the majority of his career in the dead ball era. As far as from the pack that was uh, ripped last week, we have several here that I I went ahead and did some stats on. A.J. Pierzynski was pulled last episode, and he's a former catcher who had a very solid 18-season major league career with seven different teams, most notably with the Chicago White Sox, where he was part of their 2005 World Series championship. He was known as a high-maintenance player, where other players and managers were known to say that if you play against him, you hate him, and if you play with him, you hate him a little bit less. But yet, he always showed up for his team. I was surprised to learn that he is one of only 10 catchers in Major League Baseball history to collect 2,000 or more hits. He finished his career with a 280 average, 2,043 hits, which is 263rd all-time, 188 homers, 909 ribbies, and 12,600 putouts as a catcher, which is fifth all-time. Uh, the next player I chose uh, that was pulled from last episode is Nomar Garcia Parra, and he's a former shortstop who had a very solid 14-season major league career with four different teams, but most notably with the Red Sox. The name Nomar is actually his father Ramon's name spelled backwards. He is one of 13 players in major league history to hit two grand slams in a single game. He was a six-time All-Star 
who won the AL Rookie of the Year in 1997 while compiling career stats of a 313 average, which is 85th all-time, 927 runs, 370 doubles, 52 triples, 229 homers, which is 288th all-time, and 936 ribbies. Very solid career. Uh, Sammy Sosa was all, also pulled last episode, and while I already did a bit on him in a previous episode, I wanted to restate his career stats because they're so amazing. He finished his career with a lifetime average of 273, 2,408 hits, which is 123rd all-time, 609 homers, which is 9th all-time, 1,667 ribbies, which is 31st all-time, 1,475 runs scored, which is 79th all-time, and he is only one of only 30 players to hit at least 50 homers in a single season and one of only a handful of players to do it four times in a career. However, of course, the steroid allegations have stopped him from being put in the Hall of Fame. Moises Alou was another one that was pulled this last episode, and I actually already did a bit on him in previous episodes, but I wanted to restate his career stats because there are a lot of people that think he should be in the Hall of Fame. And I was very, I remember uh, researching this originally, was surprised to see what awesome uh, career stats he had. So he finished his career with a lifetime average of 303, which is just outside the top 100 of all time. He had 2,134 hits, which is 217th all time, 421 doubles, which is just outside the top 100 all time, 332 homers, which is 112th, 1,287 ribbies, which is 122nd, 1,109 runs scored, which is 250th. While he is not in the Hall of Fame, some believe with so many career statistics within the top 300 of all major leaguers in history that he would be a worthy candidate for the Hall of Fame. I looked it up, and he actually is no longer uh, on the ballot because he didn't get enough votes as, as they went through. So the only way he could make it is if, if the uh, kind of the old-timers group decided to put him in. So it's likely that he won't make it in there, but those are some amazing stats, in my opinion. And, and finally, Jermaine Dye was pulled, and again, this is another one that surprised me. I knew that he was a solid player, but I was surprised to find that he finished his 13-season career with stats of a 274 batting average, 1,779 hits, 363 doubles, 325 homers, which is 119th all-time, and 1,072 ribbies, which is 231st all-time. He won a World Series in 2005 with the White Sox, where he was the MVP of the series, and he also won a gold glove as a center fielder in 2000. So again, a very, very solid career for him. So that's all for now, and we'll talk to you again next week, Lord willing. All right. Thanks, Curtis. We appreciate you always. And here's just those clips of um, some of the boys that were trading cards and uh, Joseph that wanted to make a shout out to AV's Ripping Wax Packs. So check it out. AV's Ripping Wax Packs is him. And he is a W. <laughs> and I love him. Hey, this is uh, AV from AV's Ripping Wax Packs here with a bunch of awesome guys from Harding Academy. And they were here to help me produce this episode this week. So uh, check out the episode and check out us busting open packs this coming Thursday.
Alright, it's always fun to listen to those kids and watch them open cards and then talk about them. Um, tough to get that anymore since cards are so expensive, but it was uh, great to do that this week. And I really appreciate those kids. They were really good um, having them over at my house. And uh, great kids I have in class. A lot of them I have in class. And I appreciate them uh, being interested and being so good while they were here. Uh, a little bit about 2007 Tops uh, Baseball. Um, 2007 Tops is a 661 card set released in two series. The first 330 card series um, was released uh, in February 2007, while the series two, consisting of cards 331 to 661, was issued in June. Uh, this was the first black bordered top set since 1971, but unlike 1971 tops, the 2007 design was not well received by collectors. The product was also hampered by a series of repetitive mirror inserts. Barry Bonds, whose exclusive trading card deal with tops expired at the end of 2006, re-upped with two, uh, tops in time for the second series, so he was in that one. Brandon Morrow, number 433, Daisuke Matsuzaka, 630, and Alex Gordon, 634, are the only notable rookie cards. Um, but 2007, actually, this is why I called the episode Jeter Gimmickry. This marked a turning point for Tops in their relationship with the hobby and the card collectors, for it was the first time they resorted to basic gimmickry to sell their product. Derek Jeter's base card, number 40, was issued unannounced with images of Mickey Mantle and then President George W. Bush photoshopped into the background. So if you look this up online, you can see that George Bush is back there uh, in the crowd. And I think in... Um, and the bottom left's in the right side. And then the bottom left has uh, Mickey Mantle photoshopped. It's like he's in the dugout. Um, so this is kind of a, a gimmick to get you to go buy him and see if you can get those. But it was unannounced then. Um, the card had the intended effect of creating buzz for Series 1 as if it needed it as it drew the curious into the hobby. On the surface, this might seem like a good thing. Unfortunately, these uneducated marks throughout um, thought this was another Billy Ripken-esque error and grossly overpaid for what was an ordinary Derek Jeter base card. So it was just a base card, but people were trying to get it because it had that on it. I think you could find this as a normal card too, just without George Bush or Mickey Mantle in it. I'm almost positive. I think I have both of those. Um, since 2007, just about every Topps flagship baseball release and some of the other brands as well has had some sort of gimmick attached, becoming prog progressively stupider by the year. <laughs> this is what whoever wrote this thinks. This is just online on Baseball Cardpedia. Um, some of the stuff I think is cool, but I, I do agree some of it is kind of stupid. Um, so since then, Topps pretty much has this type of stuff. Um, for the factory sets, both Mantle and Bush were removed from Jeter's card. There you go. Ironically, since so few factory sets were open, the factory set Jeter may be rarer than the gimmick. So if you get the one without the uh, mantle and bush, it's actually <laughs> probably a little more valuable because it's rarer. Uh, distribution, wax packs, there were 36 uh, packs per box, 10 cards per pack, 12 cards or boxes per case, and each pack is 159. Uh, HTA jumbos, 10 packs per box, 50 cards per pack. Um, six boxes per case, rack packs for 24 packs per box, um, 22 cards per pack, and three boxes per case, uh, $3 per pack of those rack packs. Uh, retail had 12 cards per pack, and there were various factory sets. So there are 
uh, ratios. If you look online, you could see the insert ratios for the different types of cards. Um, there's platinum, gold, copper, uh, the Mickey Mantle story cards, Ted Williams 406. There's just so many different inserts this year. So this was the start of all that um, for the gimmickry and stuff. There were some inserts, but that was kind of the gimmick start. Um, Alex Rodriguez has rode to 500 autographs, um, and those are pretty hard to find. Um, distinguished service autographs. Um, I think that has to do with um, servicemen in the military, which is pretty cool. Um, let's see, there are world domination uh, cards, Mickey Mantle reprint relics of the 52 and 53, I believe, um, tops cards, autographs, different highlight autographs, um, generation now autographs. So they're all, all time. We can look, we're going to look for autographs too, but just so many different things you could look for. Uh, but the gimmickry was like the the bush and the uh, mantle in the background of the Jeter card. And if we find that one, it would be cool. If not, that's okay. Uh, we always just love busting open packs. Um, some of them looks like a previous unannounced addition to the set. Um, there were parallel features, each player's name and card number printed in red ink on the reverse side. So there were some with red ink. So it was like another one you could have. So there's my dog barking. So that's a little bit about 2007 tops. And... Um, We'll go over to YouTube now and bust open the pack and see what we find. All right, here's our pack, 2007 Tops Baseball, our winner for this week for this pack, unless there's something I want to keep, but you'll get some, some of these cards and some free wax packs in the mail. Uh, the winner is Nate Eschbach, episode 98. So thanks, Nate, for your support. I'll get a hold of you and get your address so we can send those to you if you want them. Um, again, I wanted to let you know that... Um, you can also go to, if you're on YouTube watching this, but if you're listening to the podcast, you can also um, go watch those kids looking at some of their cards, which was pretty cool in my living room um, when we had the uh, Cats Week class on podcasting and sports cards. So here's the 2007 baseball pack, and we're going to open that and see what we get. All right, I see what they mean. They're black bordered, so they're going to be harder to keep um, in good shape. Um, they're made better than the 1971 Tops cards. Still like the 1971 Tops better, just because I like vintage cards. But I think this is a pretty cool looking card. Um, but it would be tougher to keep it in the best shape you could because of the black border. So here's Edwin Encarnacion. So black border. Um, like it said, uh, there are parallels to these cards, different autographs you could get different gimmickry um, but it has his name on the bottom top it says uh, tops and then his team Cincinnati Reds and it looks like it doesn't have their position huh and then it has a facsimile autograph on it the back has um, all of their minor league and major league service um, statistics so pretty cool in the back is has black border with looks like it's kind of a lime green that's correct. Don't ask Curtis. Remember, he's colorblind. We've got another Cincinnati Red here, Bronson Arroyo. And on his, um, it even has a little blurb about him at the bottom. Um, Bobby Cox, manager. Javier Vasquez. Jeremy Sowers. Ron Gardenhire, manager. Two manager cards in one pack. Come on, Tops, really? Uh, Morgan Ensberg, Carlos Quentin, 
Oh, sweet. This is one of those I was talking about. This is like an insert card. The home run history card of Josh Gibson. He must have a few in there. Um, it's, it's the P Pittsburgh Crawfords Homestead Grays is who he played for. Talks a little bit about Josh Gibson on the back. We don't know exactly how many home runs, but it says 800 plus home runs that he had. He was a famous Negro League player. Probably one of the best catchers of all time. Um, best hitters of all time. Um, and uh, man, what an awesome card. That's so cool. I know my brother Curtis will love this one. Josh Gibson, home run history insert. Home run number 100, it's showing him there, I guess, hitting. Uh, wow. Pretty cool card there. I like that one. I don't think you'll be getting that one there, Nate. Um, but you get the rest of these. Chris Duncan. Chuck James. And Clay Hensley. Not a great pack otherwise, but that Josh Gibson home run history card is really cool. I like it a lot. So there's our 2007 Tops pack. And we'll go back and finish up the podcast. All right. Our Twitter handle is at Ripping Wax Packs. And our email is rippingwaxpacks at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is Ripping Wax Packs. And on YouTube, just type in AV's Ripping Wax Packs to see the part of the podcast where we rip open the pack from the podcast. Check out uh, CV's Tend to Check Out, a music podcast put together by Curtis and me. Uh, it comes out once a month. Uh, we're always looking to promote veterans charity. So uh, let us know if you need help. Um, with which charity to uh, support. Um, we always look forward to people doing that. Um, thanks to Curtis for all his research and for doing the Kurt Facts segment for us. And to all the HA kids, Harding Academy kids that came to my house and helped with this episode and had so much energy with their card collecting and trading. We appreciate them. This has been AB's Ripping Wax Packs podcast. This is Aaron Vaughn thanking you for tuning in. Have fun, be safe, love one another, and keep God fresh in your life. Have a good one.